0: Hey, 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 another episode of No One Told Me coming your way right now. That was a bold start with a triple, hey, I don't know, I feel good about it. You all feel all right? Don't tell me if you don't, because I'm I'm riding high right now. But listen, we are in the middle of a series. What we're doing is we are taking the Summer Collective. It was our summer event that we did in June and July, where it was a gathering of women in the pursuit of the more Jesus had for them. And so we met every Wednesday night, and we talked about the obstacles to our more. What is What is standing in the way? between what Jesus is calling us to. And so tonight, what we talked about on this particular night, I should say, was community and the value of who is around you in your pursuit of more. Are they pointing you toward it or are they pointing you away from it? And sometimes it takes a while to figure out who those people are in your life. And so what I did was I invited my friend Genevieve, you heard her the first night of the Summer Collective. I brought her back to share and she brought a friend of hers that has this incredible story of the difference the right community can make in your life. And knowing what that intentionality looks like, knowing what those boundaries look like. And what does it mean to have someone who's holding you up, right? And how do you hold up someone else? What makes you the community someone else needs? We've got a lot of good stuff in this episode. So we're going to hear from Genevieve right off the bat. And then she's going to bring in her friend, Michaelana. We're going to get to hear from her. And then new friends come in. So these are two women that were just suggested to me. um, And that once I started reading about them and get to talk with them a little bit, I was like, we need them here too. So I'm excited for you to hear from them. As well as I stutter over my words. Guys, I'm trying to be a one shot wonder around here right now. So I hope you can appreciate that. Hey, as always, as you're listening, if there's anything that jumps out to you that you're like, I'm taking this with me, right? I'm going to remember this. I'm latching onto this. Will you share it on socials? I love hearing from you guys. I love knowing that what we're doing here is making a difference in your life. So tag us at NOTM Podcast. And listen, I'll just look forward to hearing from you. And that's exactly what we're talking about tonight. Because you know the hardest thing as an adult? Making friends, right? Because all through school, your friend is whoever is next to you. It's proximity-based the entire time. And then you become an adult. The people that I see every single day are my kids and my husband. And I, I want friends whose underwear I don't have to wash. So that's why I'm here, is like, I'm ready. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I guess I will if we're close enough, but I just don't want it to be the expectation, right? But my friend Genevieve, who spoke last week she's one of those people who does not waste time in building relationships like I wanted something that wasn't surface level and to get something that wasn't surface level I had to learn that I had to stop being surface level and Genevieve was a part of teaching me that one of the most common theories in communications is vulnerability reciprocates vulnerability right so when you choose to be vulnerable with someone they will choose to be vulnerable back with you And then when you give them another piece, they will give another piece back to you. And before you know it, you have this community of people that you're opening up to and that you feel comfortable letting in to those places that you don't let anybody else see, right?
1: All right, y'all, I, I look out into this crowd and I don't know many faces, which like sometimes makes you nervous and sometimes gets you really excited because you're like, I, they don't know me, probably never see each other again. I'll be fine. But I want to start off today. And Kelly, I, <laughs> again, I feel like I did this last week too, but I was like, Hey, this is what I'm going to do, but like curveball, Can I invite someone else up with me to do this? Something that I really believe that Jesus is teaching me is the power in storytelling. Revelation talks about that by uh his blood and the power of testimony it talks about like hurling down the enemy. And I just believe that that is what it takes to truly step into community because someone who hates community is the enemy. So I'm going to open the words and then I'm going to invite my friend Michaela up here and she's going to tell us a little bit about what God's been doing in her life. And then we're going to open up to a quick story in Exodus. Okay. So when you're thinking about community, this is the, this is the verse that the Lord brought to my mind, which if you've been in church a while, this might be normal to you or not new to you, but it's in Acts 2, uh, 42. And so Acts is the book where Jesus has been like, okay, I'm leaving. Here's my Holy Spirit. Go do my work. You've got this. And so what I thought was so interesting there is the next part right after the birth of the church, the sending of the Holy Spirit, it like came down upon his followers, the first thing he addresses is the fellowship of believers. And I think that is so important for us to recognize that it is only after, as we are filled with the Holy Spirit by his power, are we able to look into the word, into community, and see that they were about the apostles' teaching. They were, okay, actually, they were devoted to devoted to daily the apostles teaching. So God's word, prayer, fellowship, breaking bread. Later, it talks about generosity, right? They were like selling possessions to make sure that not one person had a need and they were having fun doing it. And in turn, God was blessing them and he was adding to his numbers and his church was growing and so something when I read those words and I'll probably read them from the actual Bible not just like a Genevieve ad-lib when we get into the word but when I read those sometimes I think in in a church context I didn't grow up in the church but I've been had so much fun the past like 10-ish years serving in churches and I sometimes can read that and my mind immediately goes to like Bible study That's for my Bible study, you know what I mean? Or like, that's for my life group, small group, whatever you call it. And I think it is so important that it says fellowship of believers. Anytime you're with a believer, your life should be devoted to those five things. And then it should be day to day. Right. My life group meets on Wednesdays, y'all. So we like do it on Wednesdays, right? Isn't that the lie from the pit of hell that you just meet for an hour and your life is transformed? Uh, it was day to day, which means that it was something that they were doing in every interaction, whether we just said hi at the stairs right there or we're grabbing coffee after this. It was everything they did. So... Regardless, one of my friends, Michaelana, is in a very different season. You're going to hear a little bit about it. And she is teaching me a lot about what it means to press into community. But I think that something uh, that's important to recognize as you hear Michaelana's story is it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that she is seeing these things, is stepping into these things, has power and authority. It only comes from him. But I always think like a preface of that in testimony is super important. So y'all, will you just give a big old whoop holler from a girl, (laughs) Michaelana?
2: I don't like speaking, so when Jen was like, hey, you're gonna do this with me, I was like, (laughs) okay. So please bear with me, I've been given a time limit, so I'm just gonna jump right in and get really vulnerable. Do you guys mind? So my husband, I'm married, I have three kids. My husband's pre-Jesus life has caught up to him in the last few years, and he's currently in prison if i walked back to my seat and was like all right that's my story you'd probably feel really sorry for me or maybe my kids or maybe judgy because that's a big thing that's like not a you know casual coffee conversation but that's not my story and that's not why i'm here but i had to tell you because that's where i'm at in this season community has become a real life thing not just like hey, we hang out on life group nights, or hey, we, we have dinner, you know, once a month, like we're friends, right? It has become a walk through life, necessary. I need you in my life thing. And so to kind of give you a little bit of backstory, we've been going through this for six years now. It's not a new thing. These types of things take time. So we've just kind of been waiting for six years for a shoe to drop. And the whole time, you know, we, we moved to Knoxville during that time. And I'm like, gosh, i got to make new friends. I don't know what to do. I found out I was pregnant the week we moved here, my first kid. And I was like, oh, no friends, <laughs> no, no community. So we, we were immediately like, let's find a church. Let's find a life group. And I'm so, so glad that God led us to where we're at because he led us there for this time, this time four years later. But all that to say, I'm super tight-lipped. And so I didn't tell anybody. I didn't say anything about it. At all. During this time, though, Jen and I started working together, and in true Jen fashion, she's just like, you know, seeping into me. Let me ask the right questions, you know. (laughs) And we became great, great friends. She was at the birth of my youngest son, and so I feel like once you go there, like, (laughs) there's really not a lot of vulnerability left, you know. So I don't know if that was why, but one day, sitting across from her, her, the Holy Spirit, like, pulled words out of my mouth. And I said, Jen, my, my husband's at a court appearance you might not come home from. And she's like, what? What?" And so then I just told her what the last, at the time, what the last four years of our life looked like and just spilled my guts about it. And in, I guess, all of the fear of the shame of that moment and being uncertain, you know, we're, we're tight, we're good friends. But when you share something that's that impactful, it's really hard to, to not go into it with a preconceived notion that you're gonna get shunned. So anyways, to my surprise and to, to something that built our friendship, she cried with me, she grieved with me, she held my hand, she hugged me, and she encouraged me. And she said, you know what, we got you. Our community, our church, we got you. And I'm like, Okay, whatever, <laughs> sure. You know, because in the moment, it's like, I have this mountain I'm about to climb. I have three kids. I, I'm a work from home mom, which means that my office hours are nap time. Like I don't I can't make the kind of income I need to live. you know, what that's no, that's insane. I don't have family here. And so we began to pray together. And she began to challenge me and said, listen, y'all need to tell your life group. My parents didn't even know at this point. This is how shut off we had made ourselves. And, of course, my husband and I, he had told some of his choice friends and leadership and stuff. But so we did. We started telling people. We told our life group who immediately cried with us and said, whatever you need. Like, we've got her. Like, told my husband, like, please, just of all the things that you have to go through, let the care of your family not be a thought in your mind. And I remember telling Jen, I mean that sounds really great, but like we don't have a place to stay that that we can afford. We were obviously living somewhere at the time, but like I can't afford to pay the bills for this place. I can't, you know, afford for food on our table if I do pay those bills. So, we began to pray and we began to share my story with the church, with our friends, with my parents, and shortly after that someone came to us and said, "Listen, we want to provide a home for you for the entire time that he's gone." was no bills, please don't pay us anything. Actually, we're gonna renovate our pool there with love for you and your kids to hang out all the time. And I'm like, what, hold on. <laughs> no, 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 like Miss Independent here who has earned every penny my whole life. It, you're sure? You're sure, there's kids. <laughs> Do you want us to be your neighbors, are you sure? Yeah, we would love to, actually it's a pleasure, please come. And so I've not only gained a friend through that, but I've also gained an opportunity to serve them be there for them. Throughout this process, like just a few things that he's provided for us because of this community that he brought us into. I'm learning so much about exceedingly and abundantly more than we imagined. That's not a line, guys. (laughs) That's real life. One day, a stranger to me at our church, I'd never met him before, and I asked my husband later, and he'd only met him one time, came up to me, and he handed me a card, and the card read, my, my wife and I, we just really want to support you guys during this time. It was $10 over in the card what I needed to pay for a repair at the time that I was, like, super stressed about. and like, God, I don't know where this is going to come from. I don't have a way to, like, just go and like pick up some extra money, you know, and then, you know, later on, it's not it's not always something like that. A friend was out and about and was like, hey, didn't you say you had a Sam's Club order to pick up? I'm going to run by real quick and I'll bring it to your house so you don't have to get your kids out. Anybody who has toddlers knows that that's, like, huge. You know, so from these smaller moments to moments where my parents drive an hour and a half here once a month, pick up my kids, and they go hang out with my parents once a month so I can just breathe for a second. And that's a sacrifice. That's a lot of driving time just for a weekend, you know? So all of these things and all of these blessings and all of these God moments in this community that we found that he'd placed us in that we thought was happenstance, that we thought was, I mean, the way that we got to our church was just the wild ride. We visited so many when we came here and just randomly went to this church that met in a school and I was like, yeah, we don't want to do that. It's like a lot. Like you have to set things up before and you have to, I don't know, just no, I don't think that's, that's not for us. And of course God was like, this is for you. Step in. Actually, we're going to have you guys serve in, in leadership or, you know, on the worship team. And so the fact that the community that we're in, and this is the part that I just am so enamored by God's way of working in our lives, is that we're all bringing something to the table. Even I get to bring something to the table in this season, and it reminded me as I was praying through, like, God, what do you want me to share? Because there's a lot. Like, I have a big story and I have a time limit. And he brought to mind when Elijah in First Kings goes to the widow who has a teeny little bit of oil and a little bit of flour, just enough to make a loaf of bread for her family. And Elijah comes in and is like, Yo, will you make me some dinner? And she does. And she listens to God and she makes it and then is provided for, you know? So I have a little. I don't have a lot right now. I have, you know, I have time. That's something that I've learned is, you know what? God said to call this person and check in on them instead of working during nap time today. Or God told me to step in and really push in and serve at the church instead of spending my time elsewhere. I can, I can give my time. I can pour out of my little and I'm seeing it multiply because. When God is the center, when you truly surrender. And let me tell you, this has been the most humbling season of my life. This is not a fun season. This is not like a, oh goody, someone like felt led to give me money because I'm poor. You know, that's not what you go into life with aspirations of, you know? And so it's a humbling moment, but it's also a God moment where where I'm looking back and I'm like, there's absolutely no way that I would be where I'm at in this community, being able to serve in this community, but also receiving from this community and pouring into this community, um, able to help others when they need help as they've helped me when they've lifted me up and allowed me to continue on when I couldn't myself. So
1: anyways, hey y'all, that's my girl, Michaelina, and I need you to know she has called me higher than my tiny little box of what I thought community was. When she chose to be vulnerable with me, you know, I just think when we're willing to step out and be honest with our friends, I believe God, he meets us right there. And I want to look into the Bible, right? In Exodus 17, uh, and I want to just talk a little bit about, Michaelana, something she said was uh, lifting your arms up and in a season where you you just need the people around you. And so I don't know if any of y'all have heard this story, but I've heard it so many times, and it is equally powerful to me in every season of my life. So I'm just going to read it to you, and then we're going to dive into it. Does that sound good? Uh, So it says, The Amalekites came out and attacked the Israelites. they took a stone, and they put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and her held up his hands, one on one side and one on the other, so that his hands remained steady until sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with a sword. Okay, so here's what I notice in this story. So what we know about this is that Moses is leading these people through the wilderness, God's people through the wilderness, and they're, in a friendly way, kind of grumbly. They are grumbling about just about everything. They hear, you know, they experience this same staff over the Red Sea. They witness this massive miracle, and then they're like, where's the food, Oh, okay. Well, watch manna from heaven. Let's go. Next, right before this story, they're like, right, but we're thirsty. Okay. We're thirsty. I think God's left us. We're thirsty. And same staff. God said, Moses, he hits the rock and water comes. So we're talking, this is right after this. Same staff, same going up. And what I notice in this story first about community is I see that Moses did not invite everyone up the mountain with him. So we're talking a lot about this summer about what more is and I want to encourage you what I learned from this story in the word is that I need to notice who is around me uh, and I need to notice who is coming higher with me uh, and I think that comes a lot from from this simple statement of like not many but who look around you there might be some grumblers in your life or there might be some people in your life who just maybe they're in a in a season of grief and they just really can't see past themselves that's okay but maybe they're not the people in this season to say like come hold my hands up you know they're like, I need someone to hold my hands up. Notice who is around you and set proper expectations for that. Because I want you to know that, that these, this doesn't mean separate people from the world. This means those people that you're in community with, that you're praying with, that you're in the word with, you're sharing your assignment for this season, you're sharing about that struggle in your marriage, you're sharing about this big dream you have for this summer in Knoxville. Invite those around you who are gonna not just be like, hmm, I'm not really sure about that, you know? You want people who are gonna ask the Lord what's going on. Does that align with your word? Are we here for this? Is this my season to come with you? But notice who's around you and set proper expectations for those people. The next thing I notice is remember what is at stake. Okay, so what you need to know is these are humans in this book. This is us in this story. And I can only imagine if I have a friend named Moses and he's just had a lot of fun and he's really the only person who's in this relationship, like intimacy with God. There's probably a little bit of of jealousy, right? I want to be that guy who goes up there. I want to do this. I want this. And I wanted to notice in this story that there is an enemy that is coming against Moses that is so important that Moses' eyes are focused on the Lord. He's listening for the people around him. He's giving that clear direction to Joshua and Aaron and her and who's to come with. But I I want you to notice that when these men are standing up there, they're not talking having a great time. They're there simply supporting Moses in the promise of the victory that was already told to him. Moses had no doubt that if I keep this staff in the air the victory is all my people's. It's for everyone. And Aaron and her were like great, that's our goal. Like we're going after that. We're here for that. Could you imagine If you got to the top and Aaron is like, Yeah, I mean, I think you need to hold it upside down and maybe a little bit to the left. Something looks like it's a little off right now down there, you know? No, 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 no. I just imagine Aaron and her are standing on either side, and do you know what I think they're doing? I think they're praying. I think they're watching their friend, and they're sitting here saying, "This is my leader. I believe in the anointed call in your life. I believe in where you're going. I trust you. I'm here for whatever you need me to do. I'm actually just here to hold up your arms. And I, I love you so much. I'm thinking about that. You don't even have to ask for that. I'm watching your arms shake. Right? Has anyone ever taken a chord change class? I'm imagining, the, 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 they're shaking. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't. Have you ever held something out like this? I just can imagine the battle. It. The only thing it says is it went till sunset. Like, that's all day. So who are your ride or dies in this season who are going after with you? Believe in what you're called to. They're not trying to distract you. They're simply intercessory praying for you in the midst of your moment. And they're here to hold up your arms and bring a rock underneath you and encourage you on in this. And what I notice from here is that when you remember what is at stake, I have to remember that the enemy who is coming against me would love nothing more than for me to be the reason that the Amalekites won. You know what I mean? I could be a reason, right? When we talk about community and friendship, my part in my friendships matters really deeply. My personal relationship with the Lord, my, person, my prayer life on behalf of my friends, my understanding of what's going on in their heart and what they're called to matters so deeply because there's an enemy coming against us that wants to distract us, whisper other things. And guys, the victory is ours with the blood of Jesus, but that doesn't mean there's not enemy attacks that are coming across that are causing doubts and, you know, relocation of things, you know, like the enemy is here to come to steal, kill, and destroy when the victory was absolutely the Lord's and Moses's. And something really practical in this, Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit. It talks about uh, walking by the Spirit, and it says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. They are sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Y'all, if we are going to step in, into community, we have to be willing to name those things that are growing in our hearts with our people. Hear me say practical example i'm just going to be real with you because i think we're going to grow in this community over the time my husband and i we have a two-year-old his name is cohen and he's wonderful Uh, and then we walked about a year journey of infertility just like guys i will never again use the word like surprise pregnancy because it is straight a miracle from the lord but slightly unplanned pregnancy with cohen so then going into my second pregnancy i'm like guys we've totally got this we're totally fine uh a year into it is it about nine months into it and I was like something's wrong you know when you have that moment where you're like I know my body I know something is wrong and then I didn't really feel like my OBGYN was listening and so we're on this journey and there's like one in four I just need the room to know one in four and I never thought that that would be me and so we are on this journey and there are people around me who are getting pregnant, right? This is not surprising. That's the circle of life. I'm just letting you know things happen like that and you're like, I'm jealous. My best friend got pregnant and I was like... (gasps) Why does that hurt so much? It was so easy for you. You know what I mean? Or, or envy. Like, I, I want, I want you to know that community, you have to be really comfortable in who you are. And what that really means is being willing to say, God, search my heart and get the crap out. Because those things grow so fast. I remember coming home one night in that season and we had the honor of doing some marriage counseling. And this girl, she sat there and she said, we hate each other, we don't like each other, I don't even wanna be married anymore, and now we're pregnant, like, this is such a curse. And I'm like, (gasps) like, and in that season, we had just had a miscarriage. And I was like, I can't even breathe right now. And I genuinely in that moment had to say, I'm envious, I'm jealous, I'm mad at you. This has to get out if we're ever going to look at each other in the eye and be like, I bless your pregnancy. And we can mask it over and say that, but in the moment before I left that house, the Lord, I bless your pregnancy, right? And then I came home with Ryan, and I was like, this is everything I'm actually feeling. It has to get out so it doesn't grow. Those things have to happen in order for, this is what it says, the fruits of the Spirit. Those are love, joy, peace, Kind, faithfulness, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. I need you to know these things are at war with one another. That's what the Word says, which means if one is growing, the other is not. What I need you to know, just like the victory that Moses experienced, the victory is yours. It says that those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires, which means they don't rule our lives anymore. If we confess them, he is good and faithful to heal us in that. I want you to know, when I look into the word, I believe that Aaron and her were men who did the work to be Moses's ally and friend. The last one, the last thing that I noticed was that know that community is integral to kingdom advancement. The word says that your calling is to go and make disciples. Every single person who has turned their life to Jesus, that's it. So kingdom advancement is the goal. In everything we do, you know what I want? I want people uh, to know the freedom and the healing that comes from being in relationship with Jesus, only with Jesus. So that's what we're doing in everything. And what I noticed in this story is that Moses' friends were essential in the battle victory. They were essential in the more that God had in store for Moses. If we look back, if the battle had been lost, what, did the Israelites just all get slaughtered? And like, there's no promised land for them. I mean, this just messes up the whole story. So I just need you to know Moses is the guy, but his friends were so, his community, they were so important to his more. And when we look at that, we see that in the Bible in so many different areas. We see it there. We see it in Jesus, right? He had his 12 and then he had his three. Going back to that first point, it's okay. We have to get comfortable being like, you are in for this season. Do you know what I mean? Hey God, who do you have for me in this season to walk this journey out? with, you know? And I think sometimes that looks like other people who have the same passion as you, who have the same heart as you. That doesn't mean you just stop talking to people. I think seasons ebb and flow and change. And I believe there are specific anointed people for specific seasons that you're walking into. And the question I have for you is, do you believe that one, you need those people? And two, you are that person. I I wrote down these questions. Do you believe that you as a friend matter deeply to kingdom advancement? Do you believe that meeting together is less about what you get out and more about what you put into it? Do you believe that you're a turning point in someone else's story? What does that look like for you? So I think, I don't know, Callie, when you asked me to talk about community, I think sometimes we talk about community of like, how do I do these four things to get the friendships that I want? And I just think we look into the word and he's never like, do this, get this. He's like, look inward, ask me to search your heart, and then Start that, do that, be the man. You want your, you want your, we're talking about relationships here. You want your marriage to look differently. Genevieve has to look internal and say, what is the gunk in me? What is the expectation in me that's inhibiting this? Because I ain't lifting up your arms today. I just think sometimes we think about community. I just wanted to get serious for a moment. I think it applies to marriages, I think it applies to friendships, I know it applies uh, to parenting. I know it Like it applies in so many relationships. And when we're willing to say, I have to deal with this junk first to be able to be, because in a day-to-day real stuff, it starts with Genevieve's heart. And my response in being the friend or coming into a relationship, not just like, I don't know y'all, do you ever have friendships where they just suck everything out of you? I'm like... Do you, you don't know anything about me at all? You know what I mean? And I, I think it's because there's so much hurt and brokenness in their heart. It's not, it's not them. I just think when we approach the word friendship or community or relationship, it has to start here. It has to start with our heart. And first and foremost, I believe it comes only from a life surrendered to Jesus, not just partially, but fully surrendered, empowered by the Holy Spirit to do his work. Uh, and I believe that every relationship that you're in, I believe that you bring value to. I believe that you are kingdom advancing in every relationship that you're in if you choose to be. And I think it's just a mindset and a heart set. And so this is my prayer from Philippians 9. This is my prayer, says Paul, that your love would flourish and that you would not only love much, but you would love well. And I think my prayer for us is that, and this is a, a prayer I use a lot in my life, but God, would you teach me how to not only love incredibly generously in like a really abstract way, but like, okay, hey, what do you need for Cal? What, do, what does Callie need from me today? Does she need this prayer? Hey, God, I'm just asking you on behalf of my of my friend. Does it, is it showing up? Is it a word? Do you have an encouragement for her? Would you use me in her life? You know, and praying for our friends like that, praying, hey, I'm in a season where I don't have friends. Hey, God, will you help me to be the person that walks into her and ask someone to get coffee? Because we all waiting for somebody to ask me to get coffee, you know, like that is my favorite thing. I like connection. And the one thing I notice is everyone's waiting for an invitation. Come be my, come be my Aaron, come be my her, but they're like, I ain't gonna be them, but like, you, you do that for me for sure. And I think it comes from a mindset of just, I need, I'm, I'm afraid and I'm insecure, right? Let's name these things. I'm afraid and I'm insecure. I, I think, I don't, I don't exactly know what you're thinking about me, but I'm gonna put myself out there and I'm gonna ask you to have coffee anyways, uh, because I need a friend right now. The community movement starts with you. It starts with us looking deep inside of our hearts, asking the hard questions, asking God to heal anything in us. Deep Deal with it like boldness to confess it and then moving in love in everything that we do. So I just I want to end this time and just take like three minutes. And I just I want to invite if if there is anyone in this room, and I know this can be uncomfortable, but I think we're talking about vulnerability and boldness. But if there's anyone in this room who needs a little bolstering, a little encouragement or a little bit um, of prayer in their life overseas. If your arms are feeling really weary, if your legs are feeling really weary, it starts in this room because I believe that as we touch many corners of Knoxville in this room, I think it starts here. And if you want to stand up, stand up right now, and I'm going to invite this room to just come around you and pray for you. Because I believe that there's probably some people in this room who might be sad, who might be hurting, who are like, I'm going after it and I'm tired. Uh, and I believe that the words of anointed sisters in this room, the word says that they're they're powerful and effective.
0: So that's what we're going to do. Okay. I'm going to give everybody a second to make it back to their seats. But can I, for a minute, just invite you into what it looks like to let someone see you? Because I get a lot of messages from you all, from people on Zoom that say, I want this so badly, but I don't know what it looks like. And I don't know how to get to it, but I'm going to show up anyway. And I'm going to, I'm going to keep showing up because I know this is what God wants for me right now. Even if I don't know what that looks like, vulnerability, brings out vulnerability. And when you choose to be open with someone and everyone's waiting for that invite, everyone's waiting for someone to care, you're waiting for someone to care. So what if you're the first one to care? What if you're the first one to reach out, right? So before we close, I invited some women here tonight that friends told me about that said, these people helped me build my community and shape my community. These are questions you all sent in. So we're gonna jump in um, with Michael Anna. How do you find people to build community with? It's kind of like Jen said, everybody wants this how-to, right? Like, okay, here's what you do. You show up at a coffee house on a Wednesday night, all right? Someone walked in, I can't remember who it was, and my opening line to them was, I'm sweating right now. Like, I don't know it felt right i don't know i don't know how i got there but i was there and they're like oh my goodness why are you so i don't know i just sweat like i don't suggest that as your opener but how do you find people to build community with like how do you fight against the insecurity and the fear of rejection that says everyone has friends and you know what they don't need one more
2: so let me start by saying pre-saved me was like no new friends i had four friends we had grown up together we did everything together we had our first boys back to back, in the same year, unplanned, all of us, in a different way. So having been on the other side of that, you know, and having this moment where I came to God, moving to Knoxville, finding out I was pregnant, like, just... I was immediately, like I said, I was like, I got to, we got to do something. I don't know what to do. I don't know how, I'm pregnant. We can't just go out like and hang out at downtown to find friends. We can't, I,
0: we were living. You there on the corner, be my friend. I love it. I love it. Do you want to be my
2: friend? And you know, I was like, made you know, got on Facebook groups and like, I don't know. When I read this question, I resonated with the fear of approaching an option of friendship. I don't match my friends here. Had I gone out and just picked my friends and been like, I think we could be friends. We kind of look like we do gym things sometimes or (laughs) like you have kids, but, you know, truly and, and I mean, that's a long way around to say the community that we have found doesn't match Mm -hmm. who I thought would be my community. A stranger handed me money, you know? So like, obviously, like Jen said, you have your, your people and then you have your, your comrades, like the people that you do battle with, the people that stand next to you. Mm-hmm. So part of finding that community, I feel like, is allowing yourself to go to a small group that you don't know anybody and say, you know what, like, I know this sounds lame, but I'm looking for friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And, you know, it took me a long time to be vulnerable in that. But mm-hmm. my truest friendships and the people that God has really brought to me in community are people that I just mm-hmm. opened up and allowed mm-hmm. myself to be vulnerable and allowed myself to say, I, I just have to not care what mm-hmm. they say. I
0: think we we think we're all of a sudden going to be ready. I have this thing where I don't want to invite people into my home unless it's perfect, right? I want everything to be clean. I want all the toys up off the floor. I want to have food out for you. I want to host you. I want you to be happy that you're there and comfortable as soon as you walk in the door. And so because I don't always have the energy to do that, because, you know, I'm working. I'm a mom. You know, I have other people I've got to care about. I just wouldn't invite people into my home. And that is one of the best ways to build community is to say, come into my space And I'm going to let you see it as it is. Guys, like, I think it happened Monday. I just decided we're going to have people over to the pool. I don't know, but we're going to have people over. And I was a maniac. I was on my knees trying to straighten a rug because it was crooked. And these people wouldn't even go in that room. But I was like, if they do see this rug that's crooked, they're going to think I don't take care of my house. And God stopped me in that moment and was like, what are you doing? Like, these are your people. You're trying to build relationships and pour into them and care about them invite them into your home. And guess what? They're not going to see any of this. They're just going to be so thankful that someone has invited them into their home. They're just going to be so excited to get to connect with someone, right? So don't think you're going to hit something where like you're ready and it's got to be someone that's like me and I'm going to pick and choose who they are. I need you to look around at who God has specifically placed in your life right now. And I need you to say, like Jen said, do they need me right now? because I think they might need me. And so I'm going to be that person for them. Or, hey, I need you right now. I am hurting. I have this going on. I'm lonely. Can I'm inviting you in. And I promise you, you are not going to find someone who's like, oh, no, thank you. But thank you so much for asking. Go, you know, go try over there. Maybe that, that's not going to happen. Right? So I think that's a huge piece of it, Michael. That's so good. Joanna. This question I picked for you, this was one of the most common questions that we got is how do you move from friendly acquaintances to real relationships? Because I think this is where we get stuck as women. We are very good with, hey, how are you? Oh, you're good? Great. And you keep moving. But how do you keep going? How do you keep working at it instead of just giving up because you're busy or you're tired or you're just like, maybe I don't want friends because this takes a lot of work.
3: Okay. What I noticed was that I used to feel that a deeper connection, even though I knew I should want it, was very tiring. I think kind of what you're saying, Mm -hmm. well, I am not bent that way, but like the idea of a rug being like, that's tiring. Like that is tiring to think about connection if it's with so much work attached to it. And I used to just be overwhelmed with the idea of like, oh, okay, I'd love to get together with them, but then I'm going to have to ask them these questions and I'm going to have to And there's a performance factor going into it. The minute that something happened where I stopped thinking about myself and just genuinely, I think when we just have interest in other people, I find every person in this room incredibly interesting. I mean, I would love to hear every story and so for that deeper connection there are some practical ways that i've noticed that are helpful just straight up i stopped i don't like to go out for coffee that much so i stopped asking people to go out to coffee because then i just felt like okay, I got to, you know, on the little Google calendar, like, I got to go out for coffee with this person, like, once that's done. But I do love mornings, so just going for walks in the morning, and there's something about being side-by-side with people. My deepest friendships are people that have allowed me, and they've done the same of calling out each other's gifts, like, when they're very different from yours. One of my best friends is... I know we got some Enneagram nuts in here. She's a one, I'm a four. Like, I mean, she's very detail oriented. I'm obviously late for most things. So (laughs) she could be very irritated by me and, and I could just stunted by her or intimidated, but instead we just can celebrate each other's differences like in real time and it's joyful. But, yeah, I think just, like, strangely next-level, radical, safe place, creating, like, that with people. You don't have to tell everybody your deepest secrets and deepest hurts, but, like, I mean, who's got time for the small talk? Like, we get one life, so...
0: Let's get to it. 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 Yeah, let's just let's stop straightening rugs and let's have a conversation. Right? And and no, I feel that. No, listen, that's Um, already been spoken over me. It's all right. I get it. No, but it is because I love small talk. I mean, even if I start with I'm sweating profusely right now because I want everyone to be comfortable immediately, and I am for walks. I just discovered long walks with people, and it's my. I took one last night with a friend. I mean, we were out there till ten thirty at night. There was mosquitoes. I have a lot of bites. So, but figuring out what fits you. Because coffee might not fit you, right? If it's past nine o'clock or ten, I don't want—I don't want to sit down for coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I've moved past that stage of my day. But for some people, they're like coffee anytime. So knowing what is for you and being the person that's like, I'm going to invite you into this. I'm going to be the one that says, "Hey, let's. You want to just go for a walk? You want to meet over at Lakeshore and just you know do some laps and. There's something about side to side that's a lot less pressurized mm-hmm. and the calling out the gifts. Guys, I wouldn't be here tonight doing this if it wasn't for the people in my life who said, you need to do that. You have this dream. Why are you sitting on it? Why are you wasting your time? If it was not for that community, none of this would be happening at all. Mm-hmm. So Kelly, let's jump in with you. this was, I have felt this question so much because like Genevieve said, I think there are seasons to friendships and that's hard right because I remember in high school my mom being like hey who your best friends are right now they're probably not gonna be when you're in college and when you become I'm like no we're friends forever we have bracelets like look like we we're in this mom I have maybe two friends from high school still who are just my ride or dies but Every season, I think, comes with new people who need to hold your arms up in that season. And so for you, Kelly, I mean, teaching the college years, attaching yourself to these girls who are in the most formative years of their life, I'm sure you see it all the time. The question was, if every season changes you, and sometimes people around you don't change, so how do you know who or what to keep investing in and who to let go?
4: Yeah, it was a very triggering question for me because this is very specifically something I personally have had to work on in my life. I one of my strengths is loyalty, but I'm loyal to a fault. I see a lot of heads like nodding like, yes, I think women we can be very fiercely loyal. But that loyalty has kept me in toxic relationships. I dated a guy for eight years that was extremely toxic. I've been in friendships that were depleting, but not like the one where like the friend has to give a little bit more for you and you have to give a little bit more for that. But just Toxic, unhealthy. I've been in jobs that were unhealthy. And that loyalty kept me there because I was thinking that was God's plan. and, And that probably was his plan, but that also shaped me and changed who I became because of that. So I'm able to say at this point in my life that I can look at it from a different perspective and from 500 feet up because of the pain, because of the experiences I've had, and also just the spiritual growth. Like I have very intentional prayer when it comes to those situations now because I have learned a kind of the hard way or the necessary way that sometimes those relationships shift. So Genevieve talked about the ebb and flow and I swear she read my diary because there are so many things that she said I was like that was exactly going through my head when I got this question is that and I'm sure everyone's heard the quote you're you know people come into your life for a reason a season or a lifetime and as a loyal person I want everyone to be a lifetime friend. Like that was my goal. It's like we're gonna meet, we're gonna be best friends, and we're gonna be best friends forever and nothing's gonna shift. And so I had a really hard time when those relationships did shift because I thought I had done something wrong. And so it took me many years to realize that it's okay if that person is no longer your day-to-day person. Um it's okay if they were in your life for a season or if you were in their life for a season and things have shifted. Because as I've aged and matured, I've been able to establish those really healthy boundaries and those non-negotiables, those hard and fast rules for your lifers. Those people should look different than the season and the reason people. It doesn't mean that they're your best friend from when you're two. I have one of those, but I also have lifers that I met two years ago, but it's when you find those people and you invest in them and it's a mutual investment when that ebb and flow goes back and forth. So the question was, how do you know when to let those people go, which is really hard, especially for women. And it's, for me personally, what I found is that we all have that... It could be the Holy Spirit or it could be just that female intuition in your gut. Like, you know when something is getting uneven. You know when you are depleted or when you are no longer on the receiving end in some manner. And yes, you're going to have to give more in your marriage sometimes or in a friendship or with a coworker. But when it gets to that point, maybe that's God's way of saying this is a season or this was a reason and being comfortable with that being the relationship and understanding that things are going to shift because my lifers we aren't like you were saying like i have really different friends like i have people that don't look like me i have people that think very differently i have people who are lifers that aren't christians like those are the people that i surround myself with because they they do fall into the hard and fast non-negotiables and i call them my bury your body friends like you know when it comes time to bury a body like who am i going to call you know, at two in the morning, I'm like, hey, I got a body. And they're like, oh, well, let's ride. Don't ask questions, know? we're you out. You know, don't yeah. ask questions. I'm not going to do that, but I want that. Let us be clear. Yeah, I just want to make sure, yeah, yeah no, things could go down fast. But like, I, that's not, but I want that intensity. And that's not going to be everyone you meet. You can have that intensity with someone for a season or a reason, but it's okay that it's not a lifetime. And it's taken me a long time to realize that, that's okay. And that's how God plans it. And he uses those different people along the way to chip away at this masterpiece that he is revealing in his time. Mm-hmm. And, um, his time is the best time mm-hmm. and it's the only time. And if we push it and try to control it, that's when it gets really confusing. Mm-hmm. But if we listen, we all got it,
0: you know. figure it out, you yeah. know, you know, and I think off of that, it's so important to know when, I take offense, like, or I'm afraid of offending, right? So I'm like, you honestly are not great for me. And I recognize it and I know it, but I really don't want to hurt your feelings. And so it doesn't look like, hey, we cannot be friends anymore. So please, like, forget my number. Don't text. That's not what it looks like. It does look like healthy space, It does look like knowing that you're being intentional. I wish I had learned intentionality way younger because I prided myself on, I take things as they come, you know, life just happens and I roll with the punches. Your life will be so much more fruitful and full if you lean into intentionality. If you say, I know that I'm here for a short time, I know that there's kingdom work that only I can do, that only I am uniquely gifted to do and I want to be about that work and this stuff. This isn't helping me be about that work. This isn't, and this isn't. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create space between those things. I wish I had known that so much sooner.
4: And just to follow up, even when those relationships part, I'm still called to be Jesus to those people. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something I had to figure out what that looked like mm-hmm. as an adult. Like, we can be different, and we can part ways. And it maybe isn't mutual sometimes, mm-hmm. but I can still be Jesus to that person and what that looks like mm-hmm. and just still being confident in the plan. Yeah, you know? yeah.
0: It's so good. Hey, will you thank them real quick for me, guys, for being here, for showing up?